Are you ready to accelerate the growth of your business? Welcome to the Revenue Growth Podcast. This is the place for business owners, sales leaders, and marketing professionals to get ideas and inspiration to drive exponential revenue growth. Each week, you'll get actionable insights from the world's leading marketing and sales thought leaders and practitioners. Are you ready to grow? Let's join our host, Daryl Amy, author of Revenue Growth Engine. Hello, and welcome back to the Revenue Growth Podcast. Daryl Amy here, your host, growth architect, trailblazer, and all-around guy that loves helping great businesses grow. I'm glad you're here today. We've got a fantastic conversation coming up here in just a minute with my friend Dan Zawacki. He's a lobsterpreneur. You're going to learn all about what that means. And that there is, you're going to just want a notepad for this episode because you're going to learn a ton. We're having a great time right now as we're recording this. We are now beginning Q4 of 2021. Q4 is here. And if you're a football fan like me, you know the fourth quarter is really, really critical. We want to make sure that we finish strong. And one of the things I've been so happy to be a part of and so excited to tell you about over the last couple of weeks is the 2021 Trust Building Challenge. The 2021 Trust Building Challenge is aimed at helping sales upskill themselves, sales professionals upskill themselves in being able to build trust quickly and sustain it. And I've been hosting this uh, challenge this past week with my good friend and podcast co-host, Larry Levine of Selling from the Heart. And I just want to say the content has been incredible. So here's the good news. If you didn't make it live to the 2021 Trust Building Challenge, we recorded everything. And if you go to 2021trustchallenge.com right now, you can actually get access to all of the recordings. So 2021trustchallenge.com, sales professionals, entrepreneurs, your sales team, you want to make sure they get access to this incredible content. Also, a huge shout out this morning as we begin. I want to give a shout out to this episode's sponsor, Convergo. And the team at Convergo is dedicated to helping entrepreneurial companies accelerate their growth. So if you are an entrepreneurial company and you're looking to accelerate growth as you move into 2022, you need a plan. It begins with a plan. Nothing starts, nothing happens without a great plan in place. So if that sounds Helpful to you, if you need to build a plan to grow revenue faster, I'd encourage you to call my team at Convergo. Go to convergo.co and learn all about how your entrepreneurial company can grow faster. Speaking of growing faster, I have a great guest in the studio today. Uh, I mentioned at the beginning of this that you're going to learn about what it means to be a lobster Dan Zawacki is a certified lobsterpreneur. He's also a certified EOS implementer. He's the founder of Formores.com. And I'm so happy to invite Dan to the studio today to share some wisdom. What's going on, Dan? Uh, thanks, Daryl, for uh, letting me uh, be on your podcast. Um, just a great day here in Chicago. Uh, really looking forward to being on your show and well, you're uh, sharing some experience. <laughs> <laughs> we got to have, we actually got to have, enjoy lunch together a couple of weeks ago on a oh, sunny yeah. day in Chicago. And I learned the story of the lobster gram. You got to yeah. tell this story, let us in on some of the, the backstory of, of how you got to where you are today, because there are not that many lobsterpreneurs that we've had no. on the Revenue Growth Podcast. 
<laughs> I'll bet you a hundred bucks I'm the only one. <laughs> Probably won't be the only one. Yes. Well, you know, it's a crazy story. I'll give you the uh, cliff note version because it literally can go on for a couple hours. Um, but way back before there was, you know, Al Gore invented the internet and all that good stuff. Um, everything was mail order, right? And mm -hmm. um, I, I was 24 years old and I thought, wow, what, why is nobody shipping live lobsters as gifts to people? You know, how fun would that be? And I was one of those <laughs> kids, you know, I love lobsters. You know, we'd go out to dinner with my parents. I'd always try and order the lobsters. And, uh, you know, my mom would be like, no, he gets a cheeseburger. <laughs> right. Like, but they're in the tank swimming around with the rubber bands on their claws. Yeah. Yeah, but maybe once a year I'd get it. I just love lobster. Mm -hmm. And so um, I had what I call a real job before when I got out of college with Honeywell. Great job, Fortune 50 company, had a great salary, all the, all the stuff you'd expect. And I needed to give gifts to my clients. And so that's when I thought, wow, I'll give them live lobsters. So I tried to find somebody in Maine. You would think in Maine, right? The lobster capital of the world. That they got lots of them. Yeah, would be doing it. So I actually called. Uh, and for anyone who remembers the yellow pages way back when, before there was Google, uh, I looked in the yellow pages and I called 20 some dealers and wholesalers and said, Hey, look, I want to have, I was like 80 packages. I'm going to send to my clients. I'm going to put two lobsters in there. Oh, I'm going to put a pot, lemon and butter, the whole experience and send it all out. And they I swear, every one of them, they laughed. They said, that's stupid. Right. You know, if that was a good idea, somebody would have done it already. And I'm like, I almost was like, wow, maybe they're right. Hmm. But, you know, I decided, well, you know what? Screw them. I'm going to do it myself. All right. So I literally went to a wholesaler uh, in Chicago, bought a couple hundred lobsters, and literally the first lobsters were in one of those uh, grocery plastic bags. And I put all the lobsters in the trunk of my car. I, I, I used a plastic tarp though. So, you know, okay. it was a company car. So, you know, what are you gonna do? <laughs> and uh, I bought- Should've got a rental people. for that one. <laughs> my boss, he wasn't too excited actually. <laughs> but um, I got a couple of cases of uh, lemon and butter and some shell crackers and bibs. And I plagiarized some cooking instructions from a restaurant that I, uh, in a placemat. And so I literally would just, I was in living in Peoria, Illinois. That's where the company started. If you could believe it, Peoria, Illinois, really the lobster capital of America now, but <laughs> I would go to my clients, which are all around Peoria, Champaign, all mid, uh, mid state. I'd open the trunk of my car, pull out two lobsters, put them in a plastic bag. It was the worst packaging you could ever imagine. <laughs> a stick of butter, a lemon, the shell crackers, and then the cooking instructions and a little bow I'd staple to the side of the bag so it wouldn't get wet. And I'd just go up to you know my clients to go, hey, happy holidays, Merry Christmas. <laughs> you know, appreciate your business. Uh, mm -hmm. Gotta go. And I drive off to the next, and I did that for about it was almost two and a half days, 
and it was a riot. I was like playing, you know, Santa lobster. I mean, it was crazy. And people actually, they loved it. And they were, and this was kind of way back. And a lot of my clients, you know, now sometimes expensive gifts, you know, you're not supposed to do it. Uh, But back then, nobody cared. And, you know, I had some clients that were getting free leases on cars, trips to Hawaii. And I would give them these two lobsters and they would call me and thank me and say, gosh, (laughs) that was the most awesome gift, Dan. Thank you so much. And this one guy uh, who was like a mentor of mine, um, client mentor, because I'm a 24 year old kid. I really, you know, I don't know much. (laughs) This guy, you know, he's like probably 40, you know. And he goes, hey, Dan, this is like in February. You're going to do anything with that lobster thing? Because uh-huh. if not, my wife wants to start a company. And so I immediately said, oh, yeah, I'm working on a business plan right now. And uh, <laughs> sorry. And so I had really not even thought about it. But I thought, wow, this guy thinks it's a good idea. Maybe instead of going out to the bars that night, I should just sit home at my little table in my apartment and write a little business plan out. And it's funny because there's, I don't know, if you can see it. that's my business plan right there. This turned into a $15 million company. Amazing. And I show that to, you know, people is that you don't need these 200 page, you know, uh, business plans that no one reads anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so anyways, I started writing it down. I would, check it off oh yeah you know one of them i remember was credit cards how does somebody call you over the phone i mean now it's like so easy right with square and everybody but how do they you get these numbers and like magic it appears in your bank account right i mean that's how green i was right sure yeah so i had to learn how to do that right and so finally got all that the hardest part was learning how to ship a live lobster across the state it was easy just to put it in the trunk of your car. And so that took a little time um, and a, let's say a lot of errors, a lot of we call DOAs uh, when I was sending to my friends. <laughs> like, okay, not going not to do that again. That didn't work. Yeah. Check that off the list. Yeah. Okay. So finally, after about six months, I was like, wow, I checked off all the boxes. And mm-hmm. so I kind of, I'm not going to say launched the company, but I, launched it and i had uh i'll call them mercy sales right where your your dad and mom buy right. <laughs> your best friend you know because they just they feel bad because no one's buying anything and uh and, and so i was able to get on a radio show uh one of the biggest ones in chicago jonathan brandmeyer still a big fan love the guy um and when I told him what I was doing, I said, yeah, I'm shipping live lobsters out of Chicago as gifts around the country. He's like, wait, what do you do? <laughs> because at that time, it was, it was crazy to do that. I mean, people were shipping frozen steaks. You know, my friends over at Omaha, Harry and David were doing the pears. And mm-hmm. that was pretty much it. Nowadays, food is everywhere, right? Right. Yeah. Then, I was a total pioneer. And not only did I have to start a company, but then I had to build a market. Mm-hmm. You know? A little marketing in there. You know mm-hmm. a little bit about that. And so that was kind of really the hard part of getting it going is, you know, 
I got this great idea, this product, people love it, but nobody knows about it. So I thought, wow, I'll just call the radio station. He's the number one person in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Everybody listen to him and see what happens. And by golly, I got through to him. He put me on the air. Uh, I told my boss I was going to make cold calls in uh, Chicago or excuse me, in Springfield that day, which was a lie. And I kind of feel bad, but. Nonetheless, I got on the air and I'd sold about five packages in three months. So <laughs> not sustainable yet. Right. <laughs> Get on his show and, and sell 180 plus packages within two weeks. Oh, wow. Just from being on that. the P, It was the PR, which mm-hmm. I learned PR is your friend. Yeah. And um, unfortunately, no, actually, fortunately, my boss's boss was in Chicago in a taxi and heard me on the radio. <laughs> and he didn't like that. And that was, you know, this is 84, 87. And I signed paperwork saying I was only going to devote my all, all my time to Honeywell, blah, blah, blah. So nonetheless, I got, got the party axe. They fired me, gave me the box. It was a bummer. Uh, but that's what launched my entrepreneurial career. So wow. I, I call myself the accidental entrepreneur. I just kind of fell into it. And that was how Lobstergram got going. And it was really, um, you know, and there's, as with everything, you know, there's the plateaus, you hit the ceiling, you keep going. And um, so I, I just learned that, you know, PR, mm-hmm. whatever it was, now, this is before social media and the internet, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so it was radio and TV. Uh, and if I could get that for free, holy mm-hmm. cow, now that's cool. Well, I think that's such a great uh, point and, and such a good topic to dive into today as we're thinking about growing our business. And, you know, here we are, we're on the eve of 2022, uh, you know, as we're recording this, everyone, uh, you're listening in, uh, yesterday was the day Facebook crashed, right? And everybody, yeah. everybody went, oh my goodness, what does a world uh, without social media look like for yeah. six hours or whatever? But the reality is, I think in today's marketplace, you know, a lot of times with the advent of social media, which is fun, but just fantastic, yeah. um, we've gotten our eye off the ball of more quote unquote traditional PR uh, PR things that we can do leveraging general media and uh, leveraging uh, just traditional PR tactics that quite frankly are not getting a lot of attention by marketers and have the opportunity to get you on some stages. I mean, you went from being on a local radio show in Chicago to being one of the top sellers on QVC, H, uh, was one of the, all of them, right? QVC, uh, I was uh, Sean Hannity's first national advertiser. I was on Rush Limbaugh National. I remember. And, um, it was absolutely amazing, uh, the power of of really radio and mm-hmm. I was doing TV. We were in Fortune and Forbes and Time Magazine said we were one of the best food inventions of the year, which I thought well, that seems a little bit a lot, but I'll take it, you know. But, hey, if you live in Peoria, Illinois, and you can get a lobster for dinner that's fresh, that's innovative, right? Yeah. So, and, and that was it. What I, you know, kind of back 
with your PR. I truly believe so many people I talk to, uh, you know, they're like, ah, TV's dead, you know, radio's mm -hmm. dead. But they are really looking for content because, mm. you know, so many people have switched over to all the other platforms. And so if you've got a good story, and that's the key, you have to have a good hook to get people in to want to, you know, listen, especially the producer, right? When yeah. you call the producer, if you don't have a great story to tell them, you know, it's like, just click, goodbye. Um, right. And so that's what I tell all my clients now that, you know, have a great story, practice it in the mirror a million times, you know, and have that hook so that they can't say no, that they go, oh, oh yeah, we'd love to have you on, right? Um, but I, as you said, I, I believe that, you know, radio and TV, the traditional uh, magazines, you know, they are still looking and they're powerful out there too. There's a lot of people that, you know, are listening to radio and are driving to work. You know, it's not all Spotify. Um, and that was one of the things that really elevated Lobstergram. I mean, we literally went from, you know, zero sales to, you know, the first year, I think it was like 5,000, you know, and then we just started growing 30, 40% a year. And then I peaked out at like five, uh, 15 million. And that was, that was about as far as I could take it. That's and amazing. I didn't want to get any more partners. I didn't want any more to do with anything with any banks. Sorry, bankers out there. But, uh, <laughs> well, I had heard a rumor uh, through the grapevine is that you are the number one seller of lobster on television in the history of selling lobster on television. Like you broke <laughs> all the records. Well, on QVC, um, they have this thing called the uh, special of the day. I think that's what it's called. Anyways, whatever. You're on like eight, nine times. And mm -hmm. we sold $2.5 million of lobster in a day. Wow. Absolutely. And I think at the time, my sales of my company were about seven or eight million. So it was like a monster, you know. Well, first of all, I was a you know, a nightmare and trying to get it all shipped out. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of lobsters. <laughs> As we say in Maine, it's a lot of lobster. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we were able to do it. We had mm -hmm. some plan. You know, we knew we'd sell it and we opened up a secondary warehouse for a month so that we could do it. So I was I was always really great at being able to scale because mm -hmm. we turned out we were a gift company. So we did 50% of our business in November and December. Mm -hmm. And that's just how I thought business kind of was, right? So I built all my processes, you know, and, you know, I know your book talks about the process, right? Mm -hmm. And you have to not only have a marketing and sales process, but you have to have a, a kick-ass operational process, right? You get the sale, but if you can't get it out the door, you're just going to make everybody really bad and sad, <laughs> And they're all going to go on social media and tell you how horrible you are. Well, and that is, you're absolutely right. All, all kinds of media. So you got to get that right. And that's one of the reasons that, uh, that I'm such a big fan of the entrepreneurial operating system and is, is exactly what you're talking about is it's that mindset of saying business, you know, great businesses run on processes 
or for my fellow Canadian friends, they run on processes, right? Either way you slice it. Um, the, the reality is, is process is so critical yet, you know, you go into most businesses, they've got a billing process, they've got a shipping and receiving process an onboarding process. Hopefully you've got processes for all of that, but you go into sales, you go into marketing and, you know, you hear it's like a wild west. You hear the the sound of the eagle flying over, right? And you see the right. tumbleweeds blowing by, and the salespeople process is like, you know, uh, guys, go make some more calls, right? In marketing, <laughs> it's not so, much better. It's right, run a campaign. We need a brochure. Why don't you do a webinar or something? But where's you know all great things, but where's the where's the process? Or as as um, Gina Wickman would say, in traction. Like where's the proven process that you've documented and improved for sales. And you got that right at the Lobster Graham uh, company as a lobsterpreneur. Sheer luck, you know. <laughs> well, it was more than that. You didn't get it right the first time. You had well, some DOAs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had the great things, the good things, and the really, really horrible things that you just I, they're just stuck in the back of my mind. Hopefully they'll never come out. But that's what the genius of Gino Wickman, you know, with mm -hmm. uh, uh, EOS, Traction, the book, is, you know, process. But not only process, but process simplified, mm -hmm. documented, mm -hmm. and followed by all, right? Yeah. So, and it's at a high level too, right? People want to, pro you know, they want to get every I dot, every T slash so that, everything every single thing that could go wrong is taken care of in this process mm -hmm. and we take this 2080 approach we're document 20 percent of the main items that get you 80 percent there mm -hmm. right because that other 20 percent just is going to give you one of those sops that's going to be 500 pages long and no <laughs> one's going to read it and then you're going to wonder why why doesn't anybody do what i'm you know we talked about but it also is the, uh, you know, the FBA followed by all. You, know, mm -hmm. you got to train, and that's where I think most people fail. They got the process, but they forget to train people. Mm -hmm. Here's the process, right? And that how we measure that they're doing it right. And guess what? If you don't do it right, there's got to be consequences that you're, you know, don't make that stuff up. This is the proven process. This is what you can follow. Now, if you have a better way to do it, well, by golly, tell tell your leadership team and they'll change it, right? That's the beauty of it. Well, yeah, let's think about sales for a moment. I'll have my sales hat on, you know, in, in 30 years of working in sales and sales development. The thing you see over and over again, I've seen this across multiple industries. You walk in, there's a sales team. There's, you know, 20% of the reps are getting 80% of the results and the mm -hmm. other... The rest of them is just a revolving door, right? And so the new people come in, there's no process to train them on. And they're, you know, a lot of times it's like, well, go hang out with that person. They'll they'll teach it. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. And so you end up, you know, you end up year after year going, why are the same, you know, why is why why are the same group of people delivering all the results? And you know, quite frankly, as a business owner or sales leader, why am I being held hostage? Um, to that, or waking up in the middle of the night in a cold sweat, hoping sure. none of them leave in the great resignation right now. Sure. And the reality is the process is the key. So you can document what's working, 
tweak it and then hand it to somebody, train them in it. And now you've got a, a path to be able to scale. And to me, that is the only way you're going to scale and you scale profitably and also have fun doing it. Because let's mm -hmm. face it, growth is hard. Everybody, unless you're an entrepreneur, has been through it all. Oh, yeah, your growth is great. It's easy, right? Overnight success. Yeah. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. They have no idea. You grow a million dollars. You got to come up with three, four hundred thousand dollars in cash or inventory or labor or whatever it is. Lobsters. Is, yeah. Lobsters, <laughs> inventory. It's expensive. Yeah. Uh, so part of the process is planning it, too, so that you're not growing too fast which happened to me a couple of times where, you know, you got to kind of take the reins and go, Whoa, we got to, we got to sit back here a little bit, or, or maybe we don't have the right person in the right seat. Right. Mm -hmm. we, need to, we need to change that around a little bit. So, I think that's another, you know, when it comes to, and we're thinking here about process and, and revenue growth, another, another good part of that is with the processes in place, things become a little bit more predictable. And as a company, as you're saying, oh, yeah. there are only so many resources, right? To be able to fulfill, um, to be able to deliver. There's only so much capital. Um, and it and business that ping pongs up and down, it is it, it's exhausting <laughs> from a from a financial management standpoint alone. And and having the right processes in place, or a process, at least like as Gino says, you can't improve something that's not written down, right? So starting and documenting it so you can improve it, it really helps eliminate that, you know, roller coaster effect on we got a good month, bad month, good quarter, bad quarter. Um, we can start to plan this out. I've seen that over and over again. I'm curious what your experience has been. Yeah. So for us, we we kind of we had two separate processes for everything. Mm. So we had processes basically from that January to October timeframe because it's with, everything was slower. And then we had the, you know, just the, the monster processes, mm. you know, where everything was quadrupled, where we did 50%, you know, in wow. November and December. And it, like you said, it, it wasn't very, you know, it didn't just like hit me all of a sudden one day. It took a few years to figure, boy, we need a process for the slow time and we need a process for the really crazy time. Yeah. And uh, I mean, we would go from 30, 35 people a year up to 130 people. We'd hire 100 wow. people. And that alone was a process of trying <laughs> yeah. to hire good people, right? Mm -hmm. The right people that fit your core values and, you know, training them in the processes. Mm -hmm. um, and then just think about this. A lot of this was happening in a packing in a freezer that's 12 below zero <laughs> so wow. it wasn't like the best working conditions but no doubt well it's kind of cool now you know you've you've uh congratulations on selling the company and now now you're a certified eos implementer and for those listening in i'm sure most of you know eos is the entrepreneurial operating system as uh outlined in gino wickman's book traction but now what's cool is you're taking your experience and helping other companies um, become operationally excellent so they can scale. And I'm just curious as, as we wrap up today, what, what some of the things you're learning, some of the things you're seeing about companies that are actually growing well, like there's healthy growth in those companies. 
What are some of the co common characteristics you're seeing in the clients you get to work with? Yeah, well, that's a great question. Um, because a lot of times when I first start with clients, they're just in a big bunk, right? Mm -hmm. And so the the one thing that is really one of the most important is they literally have core values, just mm -hmm. a handful, three to five, that everybody is aligned on. Mm -hmm. And that that's the, really one of the biggest things is that we get everybody aligned. You know, here's our core values, which is our culture. We don't want, we're not going to let anybody in here who doesn't fit our culture. We're not going to hire anybody. And that we also really define what is their core focus? Mm -hmm. What is it that we really do at the end of the day? Because if you try to be everything to everybody, you will fail miserably unless you're Amazon and have an extra $700 billion. That's right. <laughs> and 8,000 warehouses. But you yeah. did that. You did the core focus. I mean, you didn't deliver pizzas. You didn't deliver sushi. You delivered lobsters. Right. And you and got you, really, really good at it. Yeah, we got really great. And the other thing that I find is what we just talked about is the processes. Mm -hmm. You have the processes. People are following them. Um, and then you're also, also measuring what are the important mm -hmm. things? Not lagging indicators. You know, to right. me, everybody measures sales, you know, at the quarter, at the end of the month. Okay, you know what? Big deal. A that, it's a yeah, that's a little late. Yep. Why don't we on a weekly ba basis measure what is our pipe? How many proposals did you get out last week? Right. Mm -hmm. And there's always, I swear to God, every time there is a formula that is developed. If you got X amount of proposals out, X are going to close, and that's what the sales are going to be. So at EOS, we always try, we we do the leading indicators. Mm -hmm. there's, a, there's a bunch of them. But we don't do like 50. We just take the top 10, 12, maybe 15, right, so that they really have meeting. Because otherwise, you know, when you're in the meeting sitting down with your team and you're you're going over these this list of 50 things that are really important, right. guess what? <laughs> Most of them aren't, and by that, you know, uh -uh. everybody in the meeting is kind of right. going, Oh my god, wake me up when this is over! It's so good. All of this, and all of this is so relevant when you double click down into sales and marketing as well. Core focus, right? Who are you focused on? What's your process? How are you keeping score? And then, how does that align with your values? All of that is is so relevant. Dan, I just want to say a huge thank you for uh, sharing your stories with us today. We're great, but your experience has been fantastic as well. We're going to put your contact information in the show notes. But as we leave, what words of wisdom uh, from all these years of being a lobsterpreneur and now coach to some of the greatest companies out there, uh, what would you say to encourage folks listening in that want to grow faster? Well, I think there's two things that I've kind of narrowed things down. Maybe three, but one is expect victory, mm. right? Mm -hmm. Be an optimist. I've never met an entrepreneur that's a pessimist. Expect victory. Bring that into your 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 leadership team throughout your organization. Celebrate the big wins and celebrate the little wins too. Mm -hmm. Right. The other one I think is make sure you have a great guarantee. Where your guarantee, I don't care what you're selling. I mean, some if you're, I have some financial services clients, not like we're going to guarantee a 12% ROI, right? But some type of a guarantee or a pledge that'll mm -hmm. take the risk out of buying from you. 
Yes. If you can do that, you've taken your prospects through the funnel and then they get to the end and they see the guarantee and they go, well, what is there to lose? Why, why not do this? Yeah. And not a watered down one, but a great one. And if you don't hit it, that guarantee is going to hurt. Mm. And I guess the other one too is it is okay to have fun in your business. <laughs> yes. You know, and I, I, I'll tell you, yes. that's one of the things I just, I cannot work with any clients that are just completely, I call it the old IBM 70s way, right? <laughs> right, yes. Hey, business is serious. I get it. I had one uh-huh. for 30 years. But, you know, at the end of the day, if you can't have some fun doing it, it's going to make a really miserable, miserable life. <laughs> have a little fun. It's okay. Well, I will say, Dan, we've had some fun today. And, and along the way, you've shared a lot of wisdom that I know has been uh, extremely valuable to our audience. So I just want to say a huge thank you. Uh, for what you're doing and also for investing in us today. It's been a real pleasure talking with you. Oh my gosh, it's my pleasure. One of my core values is here to help. And I I love helping you know people, entrepreneurs out. So, and thanks awesome. Daryl, for inviting me on the show. Oh, my pleasure, my pleasure. And thank you to everybody in the, in the Revenue Growth Engine community. Um, you know, it's fourth quarter, we gotta get it done. We gotta get the ball across the line finish strong. And I know there are so many people out there in marketing and sales that are working hard right now. And I just want to cheer you on. This has been a, this has been a challenging year in so many different ways. Dan's back in the green room doing the, yeah, let's go guys, let's go. But I really do. I want to cheer you on and, and I want to encourage you to take the things that Dan talked about to heart, get focused on your values, get your business focused on a core focus. Don't just try to be everything to everybody, define your processes, get a scorecard, have fun, so much rich advice. And by the way, if you are an entrepreneurial business, you want some help growing, I, I really suggest you give Dan a call because I've seen him help some folks out and all of this. But more than anything, you know, let's get it done. Let's finish 2021 strong. A huge thank you to the Convergo team. If you need a growth plan, reach out at convergo.co and learn about how other companies are accelerating their growth. Also, make sure to check out the 2021 Trust Building Challenge. As I mentioned, we've got an incredible fall lined up of guests that are going to help you drive your business forward faster. So thank you to everybody who's sharing this podcast, whether you're listening on on the audio uh, audio side, on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or whether you're watching on video on YouTube, Facebook, or LinkedIn, would you do us a favor? Give us a share, give us a shout out, give us a review. Uh, It helps us spread the word. And until next time, as always, let's get going and let's. Would you like to get complimentary access to the Revenue Growth Engine audiobook? Just text the word revenue to 21,000 or go to revenuegrowthengine.com slash book. You'll get instant access to the audiobook so you can get ideas to help you grow your revenue so you can scale your impact. Text the word revenue to 21,000 or go to revenuegrowthengine.com slash book to get instant access. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope you found ideas to help you drive exponential revenue growth so your business can make more of an impact. If you've enjoyed today's conversation, make sure to like or subscribe. It also helps us spread the word if you'd be kind enough to leave a review. Of course, we'd love it if you would share this with your friends. 
Together, we are growing revenue so we can scale our impact.